The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Sister Speak. I'm Juj Hojoin here with me, Fadeen. Me, Lamisa. Me, Sonia. And me, Mariam. Uh, before we start, I just want to say Ramadan Mubarak because this is the first show into the week of uh, Ramadan. Uh, so before, before we get started, uh, Lamisa, do you want to tell us what our show is about? Yeah, sure. Our show is a platform for Muslim girls and women to voice their own opinions on current events and various different issues. We just want to let you all know that all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other similar or opposing views and opinions. Yep, thank you for that. We just want to tell you, let you guys know that this is a pre-recorded show. So if you don't want to get in touch with us, how can you do this, Mariam? So, because this is a pre-recording, you can message us on Facebook, uh, Inspire FM, or you can message us on our Instagram at Sister Speak. So, our main topic for today is reflections on relationships because it is the month of Ramadan. So, it is a month full of reflection, self-purification. So, we're gonna be talking about this in the second half of the show. But for now, we're just gonna uh, do our segment called Thought of the Week, where we just talk about anything random, anything that we've thought during the week. So I'm just gonna start with Lamisa because it's been really long. She's <laughs> she's been here. So Lamisa, would you like to tell us what your thought of the week is? Yeah, um, I think similar to another time when we had a pre-recorded show here, um, I was saying how thankful I was for being busy. I think I'm trying to get that attitude back <laughs> because frankly I feel like I've been so busy these days and like I haven't had a chance to like rest but when you kind of don't make it when you kind of don't inflate it in your head it makes it a lot easier to deal with everything that is going to happen in the day I feel like you know when you feel like you have so many things to do in the day and you wake up in the morning you just don't want to leave your bed because your bed is so comfortable and you can just chill there um, but yeah if you try and almost minimize the situation a bit and be like actually you know what it's just a few things to do in the day and there's 24 hours in the day so there's loads of time that I can like rest and relax when I want to then it actually makes it easier to kind of be like okay I can go and take on my day now so yeah that's that's my thought for the week yeah that's really good what would you say motivates you to like come out of bed Mm, that is a good question wow Farid (laughs) wow we love it um what motivates me to get out of bed I guess on a simple level, I have to do the things that I've been asked to do. Because if I don't do them, they don't get done. And there's a lot of people that, you know, that I have a lot of responsibilities. People, people, other people's day might get affected because of what I do. Mm -hmm. So I can't let that happen, firstly. Uh, And secondly, I think these are things that I've all decided to do from my own choice to develop myself. So what's the point if I just run away from it? Because it's, it's too much for me in the moment or I'm not feeling it in the moment in the long run these are all things that I've decided to do and I know they're things that I enjoy it's just a momentary second of I just want to sleep for a second you know so it's that type of thing of these are things that I've decided to do so you know I should go out and and do them because I know they're good for me in the long run so yeah that's really good I love that thought of the week any thought so I want to say that my thought of the week is going to be a copy and paste of Lamise's one, but only because it resonates with me so much. Like, I have to remember that all of this busyness that I'm going through now is what I wanted and it's what I've chosen. Um, but like I was telling you guys earlier, like when I left the house today, my dad literally said, Sonia, your weekdays and your weekends is all the same all the time. You're always doing something. Um, 
but it made me realize that the stuff that I want to do most is usually the things that I am volunteering for. Um, so if, even for example, radio right now, like it's it's a choice to be here. It's not like a necessity. And it like Lemisa, you were saying like if I don't go, it affects someone else. This doesn't necessarily like the show can go on, but it's something you want to be part of. Mm. And I think that's really nice. So I think my thought of the week is a little bit about um, just remembering why you've chosen certain things and that busyness, that exhaustion. It's it's for a reason, and uh, I'm grateful for that as well. That's my thought of the week. That's really good. When we talking about in the last show about the thing that I said was like being uh, fun busy and boring busy. Yes, exactly. And this is fun busy. And <laughs> usually working like a job is boring busy. Can I just <laughs> say the show can't go on without you. I know, I know. But you guys hold it down, you know, like we have been. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely one of those fun busy things. And I think I just think of the time like, even literally all the way back to year 11, so after school finished, I would say that summer, even though you get to like, you see your friends and you might go out with your family and so on, like I was technically doing nothing. There's no studying, there's no, you know, it's just a summer break. And at that age, obviously you don't really have much money or access to go places. Um, but I remember thinking that I don't want to be like this bored ever again <laughs> like I actually remember it because my sister's that age now so I look at her and I'm like I remember being that age and everything just seems so like it feels like you can't do anything it feels like there's things that you're missing out on and now it's like the flip side of that mm. so I need to remember like 16 year old Sonia would be dying for this right now so <laughs> yeah that's really great um, Mariam what's your thought of the week um, so my thought of the week is kind of similar in respect to the Mises and Sonia's but Mine is about uh, creating discipline. Um, again, when you when you start something on you or you commit to something, it's really difficult to sustain that. So for me, I think one thing I've I think I've spoken this about uh, spoken about this before. When I try to do something, I think I give all my uh, my full hundred percent to this one thing, and then it's not sustainable. So I feel like now I've come to the point where if even if I'm not doing things consistently and I take a break. I'm still going to go back to it and even even it's just one step um, because before I used to be the type of person is to work in binaries whether I do 100% or zero if I didn't do the 100% I'll just stop that thing completely which I don't think is the best way or, or it's not the most effective thing to do so for me I think this I'm really learning to just allowing myself if I do fall into a trap of having a long period of time of not doing anything it's okay to just take a step back and uh, think about okay how why do I want to do this you know rethink about my purposes and then take one step again because I think that's the hardest thing just taking that one step yeah that's really good I think I agree with you because um if you you can't give it's you have to be realistic about this and you can always give if you can then that's great but giving you 100% to everything is uh, really hard let me say do you have any thoughts on Mariam's I agree I think that's that's some really useful advice because <clears throat> a lot of us without even realizing we do try and go all in on the things that maybe we're super passionate about and we're like yeah this is it and you don't even realize that you're giving 100 but what that does is it means either you can't sustain it for a very long period of time because it's a small burst of energy um, or it drains from everything else that you're mm -hmm. doing. So it's it's important advice to kind of keep in mind and go forward that actually, you know, do, do you don't have to go 100 for everything, you know, kind of go 75, go 60 sometimes, it's okay. Like, you know, um, as long as you can keep it going and 
do what you enjoy i guess yeah little steps go a long way yeah um i'm just gonna go to my thought of the week which is a bit different from you guys so um a couple of sh- shows back i think i said that i just was enjoying being by myself mm-hmm. and being you know not socializing at all and i was talking about it with my other friends and they're in the kind of the same position and we were just discussing about the fact that because of this stage um, we're like maturing a little bit and you're going out into the real world so we're finishing our A-levels we're going to go to uni we're going to be more independent so I think uh, because we're so scared about it then we're um, we're not trying to socialize we're just so stressed about it that we're like in our own world and we're liking it I honestly not socializing for me these days has been so good at college I just sit there and I'm just by, like, by myself stressing about everything that I'm doing what do you guys think? Yeah, so you know how you mentioned you guys are maturing and growing up and so on. I think it's nice that you said that, but doesn't mean that you should socialize less either, by the way. You know, because you're going to miss those days when it's so easy and convenient to see your friends. But on the flip side, it's really good that you're kind of, you know, getting used to just managing your social battery I would say because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the times you when we're young we feel like we have to be active all the time in terms of like friendships and socially well you don't absolutely you don't have to be um, but yeah that's definitely something it's good that you're managing it at such a young age that you've already kind of had that reflection but also like um, there are going to be times when you mature that you will just be by yourself and actually that um, the kind of transition from being around people that you see every day and you have done for so many years to suddenly being in a position where actually the people that you do see regularly it's not as regular as every day and there are more times when you're by yourself so learning how to kind of cope with that and deal with that is you know a really good thing as well yeah maybe I'm just in my antisocial era and it's just <laughs> and it's just <laughs> so we don't really have a hot topic this week but I uh, Mariam did brought, uh, bring questions from Freshly Grounded so I'm just gonna ask you these questions guys they're just random things that I picked out from the box so the first question is do you find it easy to apologize so let's start with Mariam I think I over apologize <laughs> I think I'm some. I can see Lamisa curling back in her chair. I'm interested to hear what she has to say. But I think for me, it's. Uh, I do feel like I'm. Uh, I find it easy to apologize because I just think about the consequences of not apologizing. And I watch a lot of Islamic talks, and I know that if you if someone holds something against you and and you didn't apologize, then uh, when you when you pass away, I just feel like that person's going to hold me to ransom in Jannah, and I'm not going to enter it. So I think really like uh, holistically, I'm like, okay, well, is it worth it? Is it worth holding this back or just apologizing and it's really uncomfortable sometimes it is really uncomfortable to apologize especially when you feel that you've been um, the one that's been affected and they're not they're not taking accountability for their mistakes but I feel a lot better when I apologize because I feel like I've closed a chapter whether whether or not the other person hasn't that's nothing to do with me but I feel like between me and Allah I've 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 done what I can do the best and I reflect on that moment and then I try to make sure that I don't put myself in that situation again that's great I think apologizing some people's uh, related a bit to being weak but apologizing is nothing to be weak of it's something to be obviously proud of and I just want to say my Quran teacher did say like you said apologizing and you know um, owning up to your mistakes it is really good to in you know Allah's eyes um, let me say do you want to answer this question I my reaction was just because it's such a deep question um, I think that when I am wrong and I realize that I am wrong 
I find it a lot easier to apologize. Whereas if I feel like I'm in a situation where I am not wrong, I feel like, you know, you said that you still find it okay to apologize and like you find closure. I think that's really good. I find it so difficult to apologize in those types of situations because from my perspective, if I haven't done anything wrong, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna say sorry for it. I don't know if that's always a good thing. I'm kind of similar like that. Yeah. So I kind of can back you on this. Yeah, one. <laughs> I feel like though, as I've grown older kind of, it's more like, you don't necessarily have to say sorry, but I think it's more about the closure aspect of it. And I think for you, apologizing helps you find that closure. Whereas for me, it's like, if I'm not in the wrong, I can't get that closure until that person has apologized. So I don't know. Ooh, and it's kind that. of like, it's hard for you to like wrap up the feelings and move on when the chapter isn't closed. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've taken it in a different direction, but yeah. I think accountability is very important. Mm. So um, recently, um, someone at work said something and it wasn't like horrible. Like I, I but I kind of just, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna speak to this person because I'm not happy with what they've just said. Mm. Um, but then it became a small thing and someone else pulled them up on it because they noticed it and they were like, look, I think you should, I think you should say sorry to Sonia. Mm. And they did. And you know what? It helped us move on straight away. Mm -hmm. So I liked that they apologised because straight away, now we're okay. We'll talk as normal again. Yeah. And I'm thinking if they didn't apologise, yeah, then maybe there would have been that barrier because I'd still have that animosity. animosity yeah. 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 So I think apologising is good in that sense. Like if you feel like you want to wrap something up, close mm. it, move on, mm. then yeah, apologise. But at, at the same time, like if it's with my siblings, we don't necessarily say sorry, we kind of just move on sometimes. Mm. So it really means, like, just what you mean by apologise, I'd say. And I think it also depends on the people. Okay, if it's in yeah. a professional environment, definitely. Mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's, I think it's kind of, it's like somewhat you have to own up to whatever you've done because it's a professional it's environment. It's accountability. You've it's accountability that, and you yeah. have to take that on and you have to move forward. I feel like when it's more like personal mm. relationships, it's a bit more, blurry almost um I, found, I saw this quote and it said i forgave you so we don't have to meet in front of allah so i think that kind of relates to what mariam was saying too like you need to have that forgiveness so that they can let go of it you can let go of it and mm. it's not something you know that you guys have held on to i really like that you oh sorry Mary, no, gonna i was just gonna say that it doesn't necessarily mean that you forgive someone if someone really has harmed you or hurt you um then you just leave it to Allah. That's what I think. You just leave it to him. And I, I feel like there's a balance. I think both perspectives, you should be able to use it in, and apply in certain situations. Mm. So if you haven't done anything wrong and you don't want to apologize, that's completely fine. And I think I wish I could do that in more situations because that would make me feel like I'm more confident mm. and I don't need to justify myself because sometimes you can get in that spiral of justifying yourself. But then other situations, you know that there's no hope. That person's just never going to understand what they've done wrong. And so in that situation, you just know that, okay, there could be 1% that you've said something to inflame them or done something. Just apologize and leave it at that. So I think it's just navigating which situation will have um, certain reactions. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think sorry is such a strong word. And like you guys said, you don't even have to say it just with action. So uh, especially in our like my family and uh, normally in most families, when you fight with your parents or something, their way of saying sorry is kind of, I don't know, bringing food, oh, bringing milk. You were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't say fruit. 
for me, I feel like I need to hear it in words. Even I if feel it's like I'm the same. Uh, if it's actions, I'm like, but I can't decipher if that's you taking accountability. I need to hear it. Like I need someone to verbalize it. But so. I think at the same time, because I look back and I'm similar to you, and I feel like for me, my way of I need someone to say it for me to be able to accept it. But at the same time, for them, it's like they can't say it. They need to, they show it instead. And, you know, my mum has said that several times as well in the past. Like, my actions are showing everything that I need to say. So that should be, I think maybe from our end as well, we should try and be a bit more accepting of different ways. Different ways. Because not everyone can be the same as us. And we can't be the same as everyone. And everything requires compromise. And also, especially when it comes to parents, obviously there's going to be a lot of things that we kind of butt heads on because we are growing up in different times. That could be one of the reasons, or you might not see eye to eye on many things. But I think when it comes to like being able to move on from situations, we need to learn how to accept their way of saying sorry because of the fact that they are the age that they are. They're developed people already. And if anything, we're a lot more plastic than they are in terms of we can be understanding if we want to be. Um, so yeah, I feel like from my own reflection on myself, I hope that I can be a bit more accepting too. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because people have different ways of apologising and um, especially like I feel like when you come from a cultural tradition, a lot of these cultures don't enable you to actually express things verbal in a verbal way. It's more through actions and mm. I think that's kind of the disconnect sometimes we feel because we're, we're in a society that allows us to speak our mind and to express ourselves whereas some cultural traditions they really do show it through they, they show their love their love language is through food or just showing it in different ways so i think having that competency to understand that there's just different ways um so that's a really good point yeah it really does depend on how close you are with the with that person so now we're going to move on to the next question i feel like getting deep so that's why i picked this question because it is the month of ramadan and i just feel like reflecting a bit more so the second question is who do you appreciate more as you get older so who wants to start um i feel like i appreciate the people around me um my parents my family members, I feel like the more I'm getting older, especially when it comes to summertime, I really appreciate being with my family members and my little cousins because I realized throughout the whole year I haven't really seen them. And so give, having that opportunity to spend time with them, to make fun memories, to make good memories, to, to strengthen relationships is something that I really value and appreciate. And in terms of people around me, I really appreciate people that have good character and people that strive for Islam and strive for you know the betterment for the community. Those people are, that are really, really inspire me um, and I feel really 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 appreciate people that have a really good work ethic so in terms of the concept of Ehsan that's something that I really aspire to so Ehsan means excellence and it's supposed to be something that we're all supposed to be adopting um, in everything that we do so when people do demonstrate this I, I feel really inspired and I really appreciate that so I think those two things that's great let me say do you have anything to say about Mariam? About Marion's thoughts, I yeah. think that's that's very true. Um, seeing other people who are working hard for their goals and seeing them strive for excellence is something that really does motivate you yourself, especially when I feel like sometimes we lack energy and we're in that dip point. Um, it's good to see them and kind of ignite that fire within you. Like, I could also be like that and I could also strive for excellence. So, yeah, no, I think that's it's great that you have that mindset. What about yourself? What's your... For me, I think the people that I really do and really am thankful to the most every single day is my parents, hands down. I think that I can't, I feel like I've been feeling this way for a long time, but I think as the years go on, it just kind of gets bigger and bigger. 
because I realise that they're getting older and I'm getting older. And um, when I look back at everything that I've kind of been through in life and everything that has got me to this point, them as like my backbone is what's enabled me to get to this position. Yeah. I don't know why I'm getting like teary. Oh, sometimes yeah. we do we do take it for granted, and it really um, having you know both parents is something that we should be so thankful yeah. of, and it really does shape us. <laughs> Are you gonna make me emotional? It really does no, shape us. I feel us like we don't as much as everyone says it, like our parents are important and stuff like that. Day to day, I feel like none of us really do appreciate. I mean, them. I'm sure there are people out there who do, but I feel like every day we should strive to really try and be that appreciate that much more appreciative of what our parents have done because if we think about it from our perspective could we have done that for yeah. kids now at our yeah. age yeah because a they, lot of our pa- our parents were parents at this age and then they've made all of that sacrifice and kind of in a way given up on their dreams so that we can go out and live our dreams i think that's the thing that kind of gets me the most because i think my parents are both of them are just such amazing people and such smart and intelligent people i feel like if they wanted to then they could have done so many things with their lives but then we kind of took away their youth almost. Mm. So I kind of feel that way, especially when they drop me off in London and I see their car driving away. I'm like, these two people are the ones that are like, there for me the most. (sighs) That's very true. And I feel like uh, one thing that that you highlighted is that our parents have sacrificed everything for us. They sacrificed their dreams um, and everyone has a dream, right? But they wanted to see the best for us and our, our they have their um, the best interest for us. Um, and I feel like it's sometimes it's so easy that you're so fixated on your goals and your dreams. And sometimes they may have a different way of thinking, but you just want to butt heads with them because they're not understanding, but they never had a chance to understand. They never had a chance to feel they fulfill their dreams. And so how you have to be a little bit more empathetic towards these people because they've given up everything we're not even we're not even ready to give up a conversation mm. because we don't want we don't want anything to jeopardize our dreams so i think that's something that's really powerful and especially in the month of ramadan i think it's so important just to, sh- to go out of your way to appreciate them and i think that can be through different ways you know mm. just going out with for a meal with your parents or buying takeaway or just doing something that they probably will not do in a normal day-to-day um just to schedule that time is so important because you don't know how much that will make them happy because they won't do it for themselves they will mm. literally not do it for themselves so i think going forward especially through this month just try to do things for your parents that you know just will ease in their routine or just to make them happy Mm. and I feel like um, one thing we want to caveat this as well is that not everyone's parents may be great or they may not have a great relationship with them I think this this message goes out to people who have because a lot of people say what parents should do is a duty and of course it is a duty like if you are a parent you have certain things you have Mm. to do for your child but I guess I'm saying it to people who whose parents have gone above and beyond, and most of us, our parents have gone above and beyond that basic duty of, you know, just caring for us, giving us food and giving us shelter and making sure we have an education. Our parents have, if I think about my parents, I feel like they have gone above and beyond and the amount of appreciation that I show for that in comparison mm-hmm. is lacking in that sense. So I guess I'm talking from that angle. Yeah, I, I feel like the people that do come from very toxic homes and unhealthy homes, I know this message might be really difficult, especially in terms of the month of Ramadan. You might feel like, I try my best, but it just doesn't get anywhere. But just think about, you know, just small things in your household that 
you are comfortable in doing. So even if it's just helping with, you know, physical things in terms of laundry or just cleaning up the house or, you know, even buying takeaway, that's something that, you know, even if you can't sit with them because it's such an unhealthy situation, at least you felt that you've done something and that's for the sake of Allah. So everyone's family situation is different. And mm. I do pray for the people that have really unhealthy homes. Like I, I completely empathize with you and I hope that this this month will bring healing to you. Um, but also at the same time we can look at prophetic tradition we can look at history and see how how um you know our prophets and even the prophets before them dealt with um, difficult family members agree our parents have made us their priority kind of and they did like you said they did you know yeah Let's, let's just move on to the next question before I get emotional. So. <laughs> oh, so deep. Sorry yeah. for crying, guys. No, it's okay. This is why. this is the month to cry and reflect and you know, think about all this kind of stuff because we do get busy with our lives. Mm. Let's just move on to the next question. So this question is a bit of a weird one. It says, would you get along with yourself? Mm. I think so. If, if, I was, if I met myself... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would. I think, actually, no. Now I'm thinking about it. I think I might think like, oh, this person is... Very weird. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm the exact person that I would get on my own nerves. You know, I see that where that coming from. I feel the same. I feel like I'm the exact. If I saw myself, I'd be like, "Oh my god, she needs to relax. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she needs to chill. She needs to chill." Okay. Um, but I don't know. I feel like there are parts of me that I would like, and there are parts of me that would get on my own nerves. Yeah. The price yeah. of us that we don't like now is yeah. the price that we're gonna think about them. We're gonna be like, "Oh, I don't like this person." <laughs> That's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah, I think I would get along with myself. I think that I'm a very um, extrovert person when it comes to meeting people. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think this question I picked it out because I thought it was really funny because it says, what's your routine when you're angry? And the fact that there has to be like a kind of a routine when you're angry, I just found it really hilarious. So, let me say, what's your routine when you're angry? When I'm angry, it depends how angry. <laughs> <laughs> depends how angry. If I'm, If I'm like really quite angry, I will probably go to my room. Um, and just kind of like see the anger. If I'm super, super angry, it will be like a kind of crying type routine, that type of thing. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Lamisa. We are coming to the end of the first half. So join us in the second half where we will be talking about reflections in relationships. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Sister Speak. You're here joined by me, Fadin, me, Lamisa, and me, Mariam. Yep, so we are going to talk today about reflections on relationships because it is the month of Ramadan. But before we get into that, um, I asked Lamisa a question in the first half where we were just um, just, uh, just asking questions from these cards that are a bit reflective, a bit deep. So my question to Lamisa was, what's your routine when you're angry? And I just feel like she should delve into it a bit. Oh, delve into it a bit. Okay, yeah. So when I'm angry, I just... Basically, if I'm super angry, I cry. And I think the reason for that is, is because there's so many emotions and my immediate kind of response is just letting it out through my eyes for some reason. Um, but if I'm not too angry, but I'm still quite angry, then it's more along the lines of just kind of trying to breathe and get through my anger, basically. Um, so, yeah, luckily, I don't think it happens as often. Um, yeah, generally, I think I'm quite a calm person. It takes quite a lot to make me angry, I feel. What about you, Maureen? I think mine, uh, as, just, as we were just saying in the break, mine is definitely just crying. And I have different levels of crying. So mm. if I'm really angry, 
I'll cry for a very long time. If I'm not that angry, I'll cry for a very s- a small amount of time. And if I'm like medium angry, then I'm like, okay, it's not even worth it. I'm mm. just gonna cry for a little bit. Mm. <laughs> There's so, like levels of angry yeah. from that. You just yeah, the amount of crying, the yeah. amount of crying, <laughs> positively correlating. Like, I, I really feel like those schools don't teach you how to govern your emotions. Oh, definitely. And I don't. I yeah. feel like they don't teach you how to take care of internal wo- wounds mm. that people create to you so I feel like there's something that's really missing in education Mm. because we don't know how to govern these big emotions that we feel and everyone has these emotions so the only way the mechanism that we have is well for me is just crying because I don't know how else to channel it I think also identifying these emotions a lot of the time people don't know what they're feeling Mm. and that makes them really really frustrated and sometimes if you've grown up not learning how to identify what these feelings are then that can cause issues later on in life Um, so I feel like also learning learning what particular emotions are and then learning how we deal with them would be a great start and i think you're right it's definitely missing in education yeah i think you learn how to deal with the, with your emotions as you grow up for me i never uh cry when i'm angry or anything i i usually never cry to be honest mm. i yeah it's something that i just find something so Gold. <laughs> <laughs> i just find it i don't know when people see me cry i just feel like they see me as weak so i never really try to um cry in public i just you know cry by myself Mm-mm. but and when i'm angry i just shut myself off completely i just go into my room sh- and like shut the door mm. not talk with anyone and if anyone talks to me then you can tell that i'm like angry i'm also a really calm person to be honest i don't have like you know an inner monster or anything mm. <laughs> so now we are gonna um delve into our main topic which is as i said reflection in relationships we're gonna discuss you know our relationship with friends siblings even like work relationships and the most important obviously uh our relationships with ourselves in this month and how we look to improve ourselves improve our relationships with everyone who's uh, so everyone we are surrounded with so let's just start how do you think Ramadan affects or changes our behaviors towards others? Because obviously in this month, everyone's trying to be at their best behavior. Mm. So once to start? I think it affects it um, for the better, to be honest. Uh, during Ramadan, I feel like a lot of us try to be um, on our best behavior in terms of trying to please Allah. We try to think, and I think we think about it a lot more uh, in terms of religion, in terms of God. We're thinking about the fact that actually this is a time where I can kind of increase um, the good deeds that I'm doing and so when you do interact with people and say if you do have a negative interaction you're less likely to react badly Um, I feel like you're more you're more accepting of others as well you're more accepting of what people are saying and you're more likely to kind of forgive it or brush it under the rug and actually it's sad that that's something that a lot of us will not do after Ramadan and it's sad that it's something that we don't build up towards Ramadan so it's sad that we don't keep it going and it's a it's a message for myself first and foremost I guess is what I'm saying is that if we acted like that all the time how much more happy would we be how much less stressed would we be you know um anything that anyone says it'd be like okay I don't really it's not worth it you know yeah I think uh, like you said with the month of Ramadan we just so focus and on doing everything at our best behavior in that month mm. but we should always keep it consistent because it's such a peaceful month but you, it doesn't have to be a peaceful month just in that month mm. i don't know if it makes sense so you have to, yeah so you just have to be like peaceful all the time and i think sometimes it's kind of made out as a joke that you know everyone in ramadan is going to be in their best behavior we're not going to talk but it's something else we should look forward to in this month yeah i don't think it's something to be ridiculed about it's more so we should all try and think about how we can keep it going and how we can try and 
practice it in the months coming up to Ramadan. And it's a reminder for me because, um, yeah, when this show is going, it is Ramadan. Um, But we should be trying like in the months coming up to it to really try and put those habits into practice or sorry, build those habits so that when Ramadan comes, we can, it's like second nature for us. I feel like in Ramadan, everyone is just a lot more nicer and Mm. you just feel that peace and blessings in that month so much. Mm. And I feel like it's the same people that you interact with, but somehow their hearts are softened. And I feel like if if you have the capacity to do that in Ramadan, surely you can continue that after Ramadan Mm. because that is your actions. Mm. So I feel like, especially, you know, when you actively try to make decisions for yourself and the way you nurture relationships, that's something that should be continuous and mm. it's something that you can adopt and if everyone had that kind of Ramadan mentality mm. throughout the whole year mm. I think we'd be a lot more happier yeah I so agree completely yeah. it's all is you know what Haboji just said you have to be consistent with the way that you treat others mm. because it's so much pe- peaceful and so much happier and this is the month to be peaceful but to keep it consistent is really important mm-hmm. and there's obviously other relationships that we're going to talk about so the first one I um, just want to dive into friendships because it is something that we are going to you know meet our friends in Ramadan and there's certain ways that we act with our friends now that we're comfortable and in the month of Ramadan you know you have to be at your best behavior with them as well and sometimes you will not take it as serious I think Mm -hmm. so I just want to ask you Lamisa would you say that this month is a month to strengthen your bonds of like friendship with your friends Mm. I think definitely I think strengthen your bonds with your friends but also kind of strengthen your connection to Islam together uh, I find that um, during Ramadan, obviously I live in uni and for the past few years, well, my whole life actually, um, Ramadan season has been during exam season, like completely I don't know why it's always like that. It's always, it's not even like, because now my exams are usually like April, May and they've gotten earlier every single year and obviously Ramadan is going back every single year. So it's, beautifully coincided with exam season every single year um and during that time it's really nice at uni because everyone has iftar together everyone prays together mm. and you really feel kind of that sense of community and i think during that time especially with your friends it's a great time to kind of invite them to islam and invite them to regularly pray with you invite each other to do worship together i think that's the part that i really enjoy because um yeah during the year you might have people around you who may not be um as visibly connected to their deen should i say mm-hmm. um but during ramadan it's really that time where you will get to do it together and it's just a very nice feeling i feel like there's this thing that people try to it's like a term that they've coined the ramadan muslim mm. and i think that's just so not helpful for, towards people that are trying to adopt good habits in this um in ramadan i feel like everyone is in their own journey and you shouldn't demonize anyone for trying to change their ways especially mm-hmm. if they have been a certain way throughout the whole year and they're really actively trying to change in Ramadan I feel like how can you be the hindrance for that so I think it's really important to recognize that your character is a huge element of your faith and in Ramadan it should be manifested more than ever exactly yeah, I agree I think um, when people are trying we should it's, it's not our place to judge it's them as a last relationship and uh, with them that they have and obviously as you said Lamisa people that you seem not visibly on their dean but they're in the month of Ramadan they're trying their best so we why would we judge them exactly and I think it, it only takes one Ramadan maybe after that they might regularly start 
continuing some of the habits that they've built up so that's not for us to you know instead of trying on. to trying to make them feel bad mm. why don't you be the beacon of goodness to them and why don't you them encourage them, them and perhaps they can learn a habit from you that that can be your satakajaria mm. so i think it's just so important to learn to govern your words and think about if your thoughts are actually negative towards someone then that means there's a lot of internal um conflict that you need to have to resolve because you shouldn't be thinking like that of anyone mm. as much as it's important to i agree with you as much as it's important to uh, strengthen your bonds with your friends it's really important to support each other in this month and really get them closer to the gene so you see them you know in heaven um so who are you guys choosing to surround yourself in this month and is it like does it differ from last year so how was last year's ramzan and mm-hmm. who are you surrounding yourself with in this month Well, because it's a pre-recording, um I will be starting a new job, so I will be surrounding myself with new people. Um and also um I think even the whole idea of working full time and during Ramadan it's something that I I hope that I can navigate. I feel like again it's just about thinking about how can I create a routine that's effective for me because I feel like when you're younger you have the capacity to do a lot more mm-hmm. um but it doesn't necessarily mean it's something that you can compare with someone else um I feel like it's about the quality it's about the sincerity and I think we for- tend to forget that it's not a competition um it's about how much you can uh do good in Ramadan and how much you can impact yourself and impact others um so for me I feel like the people that I want to surround myself with is people who are trying to co- constantly trying to um you know govern their character trying to improve their character do good for the community and um of course try to get involved in inspire fm um <laughs> Uh so yeah I think those are kind of the things but I feel like again this month will be a sort of introspection for me because it'll be a transition um it's going to be a, a very different Ramadan compared to last week because last year I had a lot of flexibility I spent a lot of time doing things in my own time uh, because I had the autonomy to have to do what I can in my um routine because I wasn't working full time I feel like this Ramadan I really consciously need to do small little habits and make it consistent I think that's a really good attitude to go into the month with. Um I don't think I've ever thought about this question before in terms of who I spend my Ramadan with. Um and I think it's actually a really important thing to think about because they are the people that are going to influence how much you can kind of gain through it. Because mm-hmm. obviously like you said if you're by yourself and you have a lot of time then you have a lot of autonomy over what you're going to do whereas if you're spending a lot of the day with other people then that kind of does dictate to a certain extent what you can do in the day. Um I think this Ramadan I'm going to try and focus I'm going to try and spend it a lot with myself. I'm going to I think that's what I'm going to try and do. Um so that that way I can it can just be me and Allah, Allah yeah. and hopefully try and get closer to my religion that way. Yeah, as Maryam said it's not a competition it's your good deeds it's mm. your deen. Um I just I like I wanted to include this question because I in all Ramadans obviously living in Luton there's a big community mm-hmm. but I felt quite lonely at times because everyone in my family was quite busy all the time so in Ramadan we I don't rem- even remember having a big iftar when I left I'm oh, sorry when I lived with my dad by myself in Spain I used to make the iftar and you know how you're like moody when you're hungry so I is it wasn't a Ramadan that I really enjoyed to be honest that's why i wanted to include this question i was grateful that i was with my dad but it's so much better when you're with your whole family so we used to like facetime and open our fasts together but it's not the same as mm. when you're in real life that's why i want to include this question so it's going to be exciting for you then it is going to be exciting for me um yeah there was no really eat in 
in Spain as well that I could celebrate. So it's really good to be here and have like a whole community. And we're going to mm. be fasting together so I can see how it all goes. Yeah. That's what I just uh, want. And I feel like we're so lucky here because actually the community is it's something else. Um, being able to go to a masjid and praying with other people or even in, in London where I go uni, if us as students being able to have all, have iftar together and then pray together even though we're all studying, even though we're all going through this, like being, going through it together and seeing the same faces at Iftar every day and being like, oh, how was your day? Da, da, da. It's just nice to mm. see, especially as well when we're all away from home. The community. And we mean, don't have, yeah. we don't have our family, but that community is really kind of keeping us together. Yeah, there's actually a lot of um, data to suggest that when you are part of community and you have that sense of community, it really is linked to your wealth, um, health and well-being. Yeah, I think it really helps during that time as well because it's physically exhausting when you're studying like god knows how many hours a day and you know alhamdulillah Allah makes it easy because it is ramadan um but it is still quite tiring and so yeah i think having having people around you makes it so much easier and i'm glad that you're going to be able to get through that yeah, this year. i'm glad as well alhamdulillah for it obviously i was uh, grateful for the other ramadans that i have but i think this one's going to be more special i'm going to be more focused on my deen and obviously because i wasn't i wasn't surrounded by many muslims as well then i just felt kind of a, a bit left out mm. that's right so now just because we've talked about family and everything i just want to touch upon a sibling relationship too because i think that with friends we try to be in our best behavior but sometimes with siblings we forget mm -hmm. about being on our best behavior as well so for example i'm just gonna quickly say mine so when i'm fasting or when i'm hungry i tend to be really rude to my siblings mm -hmm. and it's something that i used to do in the month of ramadan and now that i think about it, i'm like why was i being so rude They're like as hungry as me mm. so i feel like this year's gonna be different i think last year was different as well because my sister's not here so actually, yeah, I don't have that problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's got there. <laughs> By default, I'm okay. <laughs> um, I think for me, I've become really sarcastic when I'm fasting because mm. I'm of the type of person, like, I'm quite sarcastic and a lot of people don't know that, but that's only when I'm really hungry. Mm. That just really comes out. So in Ramadan, actually, I become really, really sarcastic and uh, I can't really govern what I'm saying. And then, but the good thing is my parents and my family members really laugh at it because I don't realise that I'm being so sarcastic, but it's just because I'm so hungry, I'm just going to think out loud. Mm. So I think maybe just to think twice before I talk mm. in Ramadan, it's in, in every way. I think because it's the month of Ramadan, then everyone around you kind of knows why you're moody because they're moody as well. Mm. So there's a bit of, um, like I was saying, I'm my antisocial area. So in my family, nobody ever talks with anyone when we're hungry mm. because we're like hungry, like you said last mm. time. <laughs> Let me say, what about you? How do you talk with your siblings how do you do um that? i think this is just generally even not just in ramadan but all mm. throughout the year i need to i need to try and be as nice i feel like we're so comfortable because we we've grown up together and we see eat these people every single day and so you don't have any type of um thing that's stopping you from saying whatever you want to say yeah and that's why actually a lot of us i think get into arguments with our family and it's so easy to get into arguments with your family because you're not stopping yourself you will just let it rip right so i think that's what i'm going to try and do is actually think about their feelings it's, um, it's, i think it's sorry i think it's because it's, we're so close to each other so that close yeah yeah that we're friends we like we think twice before we speak yeah because also you know that once you've said something maybe there's no going back from it um i feel like with friend relationships or with relationships outside of your family it's almost like there's no coming back from certain things or if someone's hurt you so much you won't be able to forgive but I feel like with family there's always a thing where you're like actually you know what they're family and I feel like that line mm -hmm. kind of ends up making you forgive and of course there are some friends out there that are like that some friendships where um you know they consider each other as family but I think it's that 
considering like we're all i'm always going to figure them out i'm always going to talk to them so that's why i can say whatever i want to say um so yeah i think from now on what i want to do is actually just try and try and understand from my siblings perspective actually how they're feeling um and you don't have to get angry at everything they're saying and you don't have to always you know uh, win the argument <laughs> i feel like that's the, that's the fun bit <laughs> Um, so before, uh, so I just wonder, I think this is really important as well with this uh, relationship with ourselves. Obviously, relationship with our lives is really important. It's the first thing that we should think about. But how we behave, not towards other, but towards ourselves and how we treat ourselves, I think is really important as well. So I just, the fact that we, that like you said, comparing, making a competition. So it is a month of self-purification, sorry, and taking care of ourselves. So how do you guys plan on doing this in this month? Taking care of yourselves, kind of you know surviving ramadan i think i'm going to try to read quran a lot more in ramadan in fact try to make a sustainable habit in ramadan um because i feel like that is the ultimate way i can purify myself in terms of engaging with the words of allah and understanding what he has to say to me and how i can apply that to my life and i feel like the more you read quran is the more closer you would feel to him and you know there's so much benefits of reading Quran, even in, in an intellectual way. Mm. The more you read Quran, the more your brain expands and the more open-minded you become. So I feel like it just has so much benefits, even spiritually healing. Um, the Quran has such good elements of that. So I think for me, the way I'm going to, going to try to purify myself is reading the Quran a lot more. And understanding and listening to tafsir where I can. And also one thing that I try to do every Ramadan and have been doing for the last two, three years probably, is uh, join the Quran Intensive by Faith Institute. Uh, this is something that's really good because I feel sometimes that when you do, do do acts of worships alone, it's hard to continue it. But if you are doing a course or something, um, it just feels like you have a community with you and you have a class and you hold yourself accountable because, like you said, you, you hold yourself accountable whether you go or not because that person has given their time up to teach you and so for you not to go is a disrespect to their time and the mm -hmm. peers around you because there's discussions and you're learning together so for me that really really helps to just to gain more knowledge about islam and i feel like through the quran intensive you we go through like one surah every year so last year was surah Furqan, which was really intense because it was a lot about the punishment and mm -hmm. usually we try to shy away to listening about the sh uh, punishment so that really opened my mind out and you know it made me feel closer to the quran because it just felt like this is this is something that's so direct between you and allah like this is his words so i think that's my way of trying to get closer to him yeah it's not about just uh reading it's about understanding what it's saying and reading over the all the ayats and being like oh this is what he's telling me and with the quran there's so many translations available even if, even if you don't you know speak arabic or you don't understand the words and i think with uh quran um in the month of ramadan we have this kind of um aim which is really good to finish the quran in one month but even if you don't finish it you have the rest of the year and reading quran is something that i want to include in my daily life as well because i think i do it in the month of ramadan but in daily life now mm -hmm. i really feel like i don't do it as much mm -hmm. i really you know suit before you sleep before stuff like that but i really need i want to regular regularly and like yeah. incorporate it in your day i was gonna say the exact same thing as well and i feel like we it's good because everyone is coming to an understanding that actually we need to start reading quran because as much as we you know we do other things as well um i think it's the rope from god isn't it and if you hold on to it then if you read it more often it'll be easier for you to hold on to it mm. um yeah and i've been thinking about it a lot recently too i feel like it's something that um 
for some reason we almost shy away from maybe because we feel like we don't have a lot of time da, 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 mm. and we're really busy with the day but then when you think about it and put it in perspective like how many hours do i spend on my phone reading other stuff which is just like frankly junk mm. um so i think thinking about it from that perspective and also listening to it as well will also help yeah um download a podcast there are loads of on apple Podcasts, loads of like recitations of the quran series of the quran mm. things that you can download and you can just listen to um yeah i feel like it's it's definitely a goal too i yeah. want to start incorporating it in my daily life i think uh, to make a habit you have to make it appealing and if it's too difficult for you to just directly read the quran li- listening to the podcast is such a great way because it's something that it's is easy for you to to understand to to grapple with and um if there's one app that i would recommend it's called quran, quran hive and i was using that last year and it has the quran eyes and then it has tafsir by norman ali khan so he really explains the mm-hmm. context of the ayah and how it was um revealed and then if you're learning Arabic it actually if you touch on each word it tells you what exactly each word is so it's actually a very good app um, but yeah I think is your approach to Quran doesn't have to be the same to everyone else mm. just make it appealing and attractive for you and have your own little goal mm. and start off with the small steps so yeah. that you can get yourself into it a bit more yeah think of it as a little like miracle book because everything that's there if, even if you change it the whole significance changes the meaning of it just changes so I just want to touch upon as well a bit of uh, taking care of yourselves in terms of your routine in Ramadan and how you so sometimes I, t- I used to do this I used to sleep my whole way to the fast which is okay but I want to you know try to implement in this Ramadan doing th- the normal things that I would do just without eating because eating if you think about it, it takes a lot of time because so when you much time. yeah <laughs> when you eat with your family I take like three when I come home from college or something it takes me like three hours because I just talk with them and I'm just eating and talking eating and talking and that's why it takes so long so what you, what are you guys doing to take care of yourselves in this month? I think the not eating aspect for me whenever I do fast is just such a actual relief if I'm honest because like you eating for me hour and a half two hours because it's not just eating them eating the actual meal maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. <laughs> it's either talking or you're watching something or you're going up for seconds and then you'll eat another lot and stuff like that so i feel like when you when you don't eat you have that extra hour in the day um and almost like you can just continue going on with your day without any stress almost um so not that eating gives me stress but i feel like it's the time pressures that give me stress whereas when i'm fasting i feel like my mind is a lot more clear and i don't have as many time pressures um i don't know why it gives you clarity because Mm. you're you know you're you're doing something solely for the sake of allah Mm. like you're you're not eating and you're you're the only one that can hold you accountable you can people can secretly eat Mm -hmm. no one's gonna no one's gonna know about it so this is something very pure it's a very pure act and I feel like for me is um, like Farin said, I think we tend to try to sleep it off because mm-hmm. we just don't want to feel it. But I feel like Ramadan is much more than just the physical aspect of fasting. It's it's more about character development. It's about understanding discipline because you're refraining from something. You're refraining from succumbing to your desire. And I think mm-hmm. that is such a big skill that you can use and apply to everything else, um, especially even with social media. Right, A lot of us try to minimize our use on social media on Ramadan, if not uh, delete it all completely. And I think just it's, it's just such a good month to uh, cultivate good habits yeah i agree i think every uh, small lead in ramadan is ov- a, a big one and we should take advantage of doing the smallest thing that have they always have the uh, the biggest impact i think um so what else what other guys things are you guys doing i think we've we've discussed quite a lot right we want to from a religious aspect we want to evolve our connection with allah and one of the ways we want to do that is by reading quran and incorporating that a bit more and really trying to understand it and reflect on the lessons um from an everyday type of 
aspect, I guess, trying to, I think for me personally, I want to try and have a bit more routine. Mm. I feel like at the moment, I'm the type of person that kind of does what they want when they want to. It works to a certain extent, but at the same time, having a routine makes it feel like you would get a lot more done. Because I feel like for me, I have bursts of energy where I can be really, really productive and other areas where I don't. But I feel like at a certain point, it's not just about um, how much productivity you have when. There's also an act of discipline that comes into it. Um, and having a routine helps to cultivate that aspect of discipline. Um, and yeah, actually just developing developing that self-discipline is something I really want to get through in Ramadan. Yeah, like for me, it's just about sustainability. I just want to really cultivate habits that I can do throughout the whole year, especially because I'm going to be practically um, on a practical level because I'm transitioning jobs. I feel like I just want to do something that's small and something consistent. Okay, sorry to cut you off, Mariam, but we are coming to the end of the show. It was great catching up with you guys. I just want to say Ramadan Mubarak once again. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.